Welcome to the Taproxy Method, creating confident learners. The Taproxy Method uses a unique combination of breath work, brain body work, gratitude, and a clay-based program to affect the neuroplasticity of the brain in students. To help strengthen their mind-body connection, help them develop a growth mindset, and most importantly, trust and confidence in themselves. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any episodes. One way to support the Creating Confident Learners podcast is to leave a five-star review and written review anywhere you listen to it. Thanks so much, and let's get started. When I talk about word study, that's actually something different where you're actually pulling words from what a kid is struggling with, whether reading, writing, or spelling, and having them study the word patterns of those group of words. So that's different than simple mastery and word mastery. So this podcast is more about the word mastery. So the first level is simple mastery, the uppercase letters, the lowercase letters. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you, both parents and educators. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to increase focus, ease anxiety, and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's made into bite-sized digestible pieces to help you apply these tools right away. You know, reading is a process and it does take some grit or in Finnish culture, what we would call sisu. It's a Finnish term that can be roughly translated into English as the strength of will, determination, perseverance, and acting rationally in the face of adversity. And in the early years in kindergarten and first grade, to learn the concept of symbols of print to sound and the words and the meaning itself takes some practice and repetition. And just like learning to walk, it takes a little bit of that sisu to learn, a little bit of grit, a little bit of perseverance, a little bit of just sticking to it consistently until it makes sense. But you know those kids who can't hear the phonetic sounds come second grade, third grade, their reading is far behind their peers, and you can ask them the short sounds of the vowels, A, E, I, O, U. Those are not the short sounds. Those are the long sounds, right? Ah, eh, eh, ah, uh, and they just don't know them. They don't hear them. You know, simple words like cat, cat, actually, they usually can memorize by now, but like pet, they just don't know it. They can't sound it out. It's not in their brain. And at this point, they are in need of something different. And they're in need of something different to learn how to read fluently. And I want to reiterate that this has nothing to do with intelligence. These kids are usually hyper aware of their surroundings, even hyper in general. They're inquisitive, they're observant, they're capable, they're artistic, they're athletic they're opinionated. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with um, intelligence. Again, it's they're just their brain is not equipped to hear in terms of phonetics or sounds, they are more visual or kinesthetic learners as well. And so these 2D symbols that are man made content, 
and are almost arbitrary, right? It's it's arbitrary that blue means blue and that the word tree means tree. I mean, why isn't it that blue really means yellow and tree doesn't really mean dog, right? So over time, obviously, there are some, you know, linguistic stuff over, over time that created these sound patterns. But really, again, meaning is arbitrary to even the letter sounds until we make it. There's 26 letters in the English alphabet, which actually changes sounds based on combinations and so forth. But if you take a language like Italian, you know, they have their certain amount of letters and then there's only a few combinations that change the letter sound. And so actually that's why Montessori works in the way that they do for Italian. I have some observations about teaching Montessori in the way that they teach reading in English because it doesn't follow the same rules as Italian. And I just happened to that because I was blessed enough to live abroad in an Italian speaking part of Switzerland many, many moons ago. So what's happening, though, for these kids is that our caveman brain, which thinks more in 3D, is having trouble with the symbol orientation of letters. And just think about this, too. The mixing up a P or a lowercase d or lowercase b or even a 9, you know, that just has to do with how the brain is capturing the orientation of that letter. So when I talk about word mastery, there's actually two levels to word mastery. And word mastery has to do with the symbol mastery, both visually in the right shape and the right direction. Think of those B's and D's that get um, often mixed up with kids who are labeled dyslexic, as well as there's the symbol mastery. And then there's also the word mastery. When I talk about word study, that's actually something different where you're actually pulling words from what a kid is struggling with, whether reading, writing, or spelling, and having them study the word patterns of those group of words. So that's different than symbol mastery and word mastery. So this podcast is more about the word mastery. So the first level is symbol mastery, the uppercase letters, the lowercase letters, and the major punctuation that they're going to see in grammar, both for reading and writing. They need to be known at sight in order for a child to be successful in reading, spelling, and writing. And when I talk about knowing these letters, a lot of times kids like who've made it to second, third grade, they know most of their letters in order. They know what the alphabet song, but do they know them mixed up? Just recently, I was working with a kid last week and his C's and S's are mixed up, the J's and the G's, as well as not really knowing what an X is and um, missing a few other letters in that mixed. So we use clay to really imprint the symbols and letters fully out of order, in order, backwards, so that they are reading at sight. And there's no misidentification of letters, which is, of course, going to affect their reading fluency as well. So once they've mastered their uppercase letters or lowercase letters and the major punctuation that they're going to see over and over again, we go on to word mastery and also teaching not just reading through phonetics, but reading through spelling called spell reading as which helps students identify words at sight rather than sounds. And then sweep reading and also comprehension strategies like picture at punctuation, which is all part of the Davis program. But we're also checking that they're putting it all together in terms of comprehension, right? Reading isn't just fluency, but it's also thinking. In the show notes, I will add the link to an article that I wrote quite a few years ago, maybe seven, I think 2015. Oh, that's like eight years ago. <laughs> in the Maui Family Magazine called Reading is Thinking. So I'll 
Again, I'll link that in the show notes. But when it comes to reading, we don't want just fluency, but we also want kids to think about what they're reading. We want them to infer, to empathize, and also to comprehend and recall what they've read as well. So there's many layers to reading. The first being symbol mastery of just knowing the letters in and out of context, uppercase, lowercase, the punctuation. So that's where the clay study comes in to the kids who are not remembering this stuff. It's not concrete. We're actually, I always have this theory that they're using their hands through clay. It's coming up and through the body to the brain and they're making that connection there. And again, we don't sound out every word that we already know. Like think about if you're reading the encyclopedia or you're reading a big chapter book or even a newspaper article. If you were to sound out every single word to read just a newspaper article, that would be so taxing and so tiring. So what our brain eventually does is it has a bank of words that we know at sight. And so we don't phonetically read once we've learned a word. So phonetics is just one component to it. And so just thinking about that, but we can also teach the the brain, especially those kids who are struggling in second, third grade, how to read visually fully. But what I've found that's really interesting over the years of starting to implement word mastery through clay, symbol mastery through clay, is that we can actually teach the word patterns through the back end and that the synaptic connections in the brain will make the connection with the visual spelling of a word to the phonetic sounds eventually. I also take the time to teach the short sounds, the A-E-I-O-U sounds, actually a a e a a the academic terms for the vowels versus consonants, the bossy E concept, the complex patterns and vowel patterns like shuns and ow for ow or ou for ow or o depending on what word so we can explicitly teach this to kids who are struggling with remembering the rules who are not observing it implicitly and it needs to be made more explicit for them but also um like i said we use word study which is different than word mastery word study uses the words and how they look and the ways that they look with specific word sorts based on the reading spelling pattern a child's missing, which fills in those gaps that way. But word mastery. So once the symbol mastery is there, the kids know the alphabet backwards and forwards and out of context, uppercase, lowercase, punctuation, all done with clay. So it's gone through the body, through the hand kinetically as well into the brain. We go into word mastery. But what word mastery does is it uses clay to create a memory and to create a model and a picture that adds meaning and creates that memory to help help with mistakes in spelling, reading, writing, omissions of the words while reading and writing and misreading and misspelling. So a lot of times really similar words like left and felt, they have the exact same letters get mixed up because kids are switching those letters around with their quick picture thinking, right? When a child thinks in words, they think sequentially and it's a slower pace of thinking. Kids who can't always explain their thinking or very, very quick, oftentimes they're thinking in pictures and those pictures are moving quicker than they can even understand. So that's what happens when we have a word like felt and left that are getting mixed up. And the process is pretty much a three-part process. Simply put, you look up the definition of a word like the or left or felt, whatever one they are mixing up. And this is once they've already mastered the symbol mastery of the uppercase and lowercase letters, as well as punctuation. You end up writing down the definition on a three by five card 
hard discussing, creating different sentences using that word, and then having them create a model in non-drying clay that shows the meaning of that word. So they end up keeping it 3D. So one example, I had a child who did the word the, like the dog was her example, and she ended up putting a circle of clay around the dog to indicate that it was a single thing. And so you have them look up the definition, write on three by five card, talk about what it means, create a model, and then create that word in clay in lowercase to understand that word. And so oftentimes that word that a child has been triggered on, messing up, omitting, or switching with other words will start to lessen the frequency of how much they're doing that. And then over time, they'll actually apply that to other words as well. So clay mastery or word mastery for symbols and words, so the letters and the words that they're mixing up is really, really helpful in mitigating those types of mistakes. It is not a quick process by any means, but I have found that it's a permanent process and that kids tend to not mix up those words at a higher rate or even at all when they have addressed their own personal trigger words in clay. And so again, it's that three-step process. One is looking up the definition, writing on a three by five card, then creating a 3D model in clay, then writing the word in clay and then quizzing them from there. So, and then lastly, for my upper elementary, for my middle school and high school students, I tend to expand their reading, their vocabulary, their diction and deepen their speaking skills and writing skills and eloquence really, and also help them understand deeper text and different type of writing styles of different authors so that they can become a better reader with a four-part vocabulary system that I use to get to the heart of the vocabulary that they're lacking and missing and to build it in the most direct way, deepening their understanding of text. What is really cool about word mastery and vocabulary mastery in this four-part system that I use as well is by addressing a few of their missing links, a few of their vocabulary words, the ones, the trigger words where they're omitting or switching up very similar sight words. When we address just a few, the brain starts to use context of sentences, of chapters, of paragraphs to fill in the gaps for other ones because they've now become cognizant of how to really deepen their understanding of words the spelling and dictating meaning, but also deepen their vocabulary. And they end up doing this almost subconsciously to a bigger variety of words than just the ones that we have addressed with clay through word mastery or with this four-part vocabulary that I tend to do. And really the four-part vocabulary is quite straightforward. I have them alphabetize five words that I've picked up in their reading or writing that they just don't know. And this is vocabulary-based, so deeper meaning. Then I have them find the definition and the part of speech. Then I have them come up with a synonym and an antonym and then write their own complex 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade vocabulary sentence. And just by doing about five to six words of their own that's pulled straight from the text that they're working on with me or in school, that tends to transfer far reaching beyond just those five words. And, you know, with this whole deepening diction, deepening and filling in trigger words and words that kids struggle with, I've had kids who complain that they don't get what this book or this article or this text or that the author is saying. And it's really the verbiage is out of their range at the moment. And with scaffolding and teaching to their missing vocabulary and building up their word bank, these now these texts that they were just complaining about become accessible. There are multiple levels of books that kids can read. There are the ones that are easy for them that they revisit over and over again. There's the ones that expand them independently. I call these ones 
Women's Just Right Fit book. So they're not too hard. They're not too easy. And then there's the ones that they need help and guidance and scaffolding to become independent and accessible with that book. So there's multiple levels of understanding, but also levels to being able to read independently. But there's multiple skills that need to be in place for a student to be a really deep and proficient reader. And I love these tools because even though they are essential for the visual-based readers who cannot hear sounds, they actually help all learners, right? The symbol mastery, the spell reading, the sweep reading, checking in with comprehension, word mastery for the trigger words that are being consistently mixed up in reading and writing and spelling, the word study, which is the visual-based way to help learn sound patterns and spelling patterns, the explicit teaching of sound patterns in English, the building of a huge word bank and deepening vocabulary with a four-part direct instruction that transfers to everything else. These help all readers, whether they hear sounds or not. And this will eventually be the Creating Confident Learners Master Reading Course with these seven components that I do with kids that have become my own reading program for the past eight, 10 years or so. But for now, the foundation course is available to help with the skills that help with retention of academic materials and the concepts by teaching to the whole child, teaching them focus, teaching to the nervous system, helping them with gratitude and glimmers. And I teach you those skills there. So don't forget to sign up at www.creatingconfidentlearners.com and go from there. Aloha. Be sure to sign up for the foundation course. This course is here to support you. It teaches the exact foundational tools I have used with students to ease anxiety and help raise confidence and self-esteem so that they can succeed in all areas of their lives, including academics. It's available as a one-time purchase or as an ongoing monthly subscription with extra group support and monthly live stream. Be sure to sign up for the newsletter to stay in contact. Keep up with the Creating Confident Learners community on Instagram and Facebook at Creating Confident Learners. Have a blessed day and aloha.